Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. You are tuned in to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, hosted by Jay, Aaron and Big Tasty Ben Jackson. It's the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. You know what that means. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast AEW Review. My name is Jay, joined by Big Tasty Ben Jackson and Aaron the Statman, friend of Chris Jericho Sutcliffe. How are yeah, you? baby, yeah. Bad, um, lads, we're basically Chikara at this point. <laughs> I will. I'll elaborate after the after the opening match. But yeah, we have we have got full <laughs> full Chikara. Full full Chikara. <laughs> I think I know what you're on about. Um, yeah, this I thought it was, this was pretty good, pretty solid episode. wasn't wasn't amazing. wasn't terrible either. Um, obvious, I mean, it's obvious that we're in like, we're in build to the next big thing mode, aren't we? Which is beach yeah. break, um, and yeah. it's just it's just a. We've, I've said this like a week ago. It's literally just a, a tick all the story forward a week. I mean, there's 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 lots of progression yeah. here. There's lots of there's lots of little details to dig into, and lots of stuff got announced. This, this is AEW's version of WWE after Survivor Series before the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. just push it far away. <laughs> don't don't you mean it's WWE two weeks before WrestleMania when they remember they've got the biggest show of the year coming up? <laughs> Because so we are two weeks away from beach break now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and then we're six weeks away from uh, Revolution, I believe as well. Which the or maybe match I've got announced tonight, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, just before we start, if you wanna, uh, if you wanna tell us how you thought of this show on Twitter and Facebook, where can they find us, Aaron? Uh, Twitter at Untitled Dress Pod and Facebook at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, you can tell us what you think. They might listen to you. I'm not. Are we doing this at the start now? Some people actually you don't turn off before we do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the show itself uh, starts with Negative One's birthday match, which was the Dark Order and Hangman Page. Um, instantly, someone has a sign in the crowd, Happy Birthday, Negative One. Best promo in the business. Zero lies. I mean, to be fair, he's spitting bars, isn't he? Well, he has to shout, I think, from now on. I know he's a kid. He's got a lot of lungs. His mask went over his mouth when he was talking. Yeah. Um, uh, A nice little touch here. Obviously, he comes out on 10 shoulders um, and spends basically the entire start of the match there wearing um, Brody's ring jacket, which is... Quite, quite, uh, quite nice. His, that was his, cool. His mum and his little brother are in the audience. Um, yeah. all the whole doc order after this, like everyone's out, fives out, Anna's out. Um, there's a very sweet moment where Stu and Anna put aside their warring differences to, um, to, to, to cradle the candles on the cake so Anna can light them, mm. which is you know showing the true, the yeah. true healing power of birthday cakes. Yeah, um, more on that birthday cake later. More on that birthday cake later, as we as we, as we put our foot on the pedal for the future car. Um, yeah, they, they they sing happy birthday to a uh, uh, negative one, and then John Silver uh, before he sings happy birthday says, "It's a good job there's some cake here because you know where this is going, Johnny Hungy." Um, so this what's 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 quite weird here? What not weird? What's quite apparent here is that because of where they're positioned on the stage and what they do. John Silver and Alex Reynolds are the main guys in the Dark Order. Yeah. 
in terms of the focus of them on the show. I think to be- I think a lot of this was to do with who was in the match as well. Yeah. Yeah, but they were, they, especially. yeah, and the whole hangman thing has sort of been built around yeah. um, John Silver, hasn't it, in particular, and his, and yeah. his rampant fangirling. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so um, when John Silver says he's hungry, um, I like the fact that Negative One was slapping him going, no, it's my cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's he turned around and was like, of course, of course, yep, yeah, yeah, you're okay. Yeah. I, lo- I love Brody Gorilla Hoover, he's the fucking man. Um, and I wish my middle name was Gorilla as well. That's just cool. Um, his younger brother's middle name is Rhino. Yeah. No, Nolan Rhino. Also a very, very cool name. Um, yeah, so uh, Luther comes up. They, they show footage of um, Negative One basically telling Luther on Dark that he looks stupid, which, I mean, again, no lies detected there. <laughs> and then uh, Chaos Project come out Luther complains, my, uh, saying, "My that boy, he, my boy." Well, he didn't have a good night, did he, mate? Um, <laughs> no, he didn't have a good night. <laughs> Luther complains that negative one look uh, said he looks stupid, and says that negative one looks stupid, and he's going to ruin his birthday. Um, he also said that he has a perfectly symmetrical face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I have mean, all these people with jagged teeth, yet you're the stupider-looking one. There was no. Yeah, stupid um, or stupider. It was stupider. The thing I learned from this is Luther's not a very good promo, is he? No, he's, <laughs> he's great. He's all right when he's just screaming at a kid. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 act the act like he's fucking deathmatch legend Luther, and he's like a fucking cartoon character. The original death um, enemy. He's basically Skeletor. The original. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, the Dark Order then attack. Uh, Lutheran Serpentico, TH2 blindside them and fuckery ensues. Um, they all brawl down to the ring, uh, Silver and Reynolds, Colt and TH2 and uh, Chaos Project. Hangman's music hits, Hangman runs down, dives off the stage. Hangman everybody. comes out looking like a fucking superstar. Yeah. <laughs> he runs in, like, oh, he, like he runs he's in like, like he's stone cold and it's the invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wipes um, out everyone with a massive dive. Yeah, Hangman come yeah. out like the old Stone Cold. Um, well, uh, Tony at this point goes, "You didn't even get to cut the cake. It's all about the cake." No, don't you worry about that cake, Tony. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> so the the match itself, uh, the heels isolate Silver for a long time. Uh, Hangman tags in, cleans house. There was a really cool bit where like. They were on the outside, and I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but one person dodged one thing, and then one person dodged another thing, and then another dodged another, and then it led to it basically all led to Hangman hitting a moonsault off the top rope onto everybody. Um, oh, no, that was when it was um, just really well timed. Was that also when John Silver did the cannonball off the apron? Yeah, so he did like a cannonball off the apron onto someone, then he clotheslined someone else, like it was on helicopter, he closed on helicopter mm-hmm. over the ramp, over the railing. In like the same move, yeah, which is really cool, and then uh, the and then Hangman hit the uh, Hellraiser off off the top rope onto everybody and just wiped the, the whole lot out. Yeah, I could feel yeah. JR seize as that. everybody as everybody lined up to no, catch him. Well, you say that, but the Dark Order actually held them in place and then moved the last second. Yeah, Alex Reynolds so kind of caught it a bit. You, you, you got you got a little yeah. bit of it, but 
but it, it did, they did it in a way that it made sense. Uh, so yeah. I think JR probably wouldn't have mind too much. Um, Hangman then power bombs Jack Evans in, into Angelico over the barrier. Um, yeah, Angelico just gets up and he just like looks towards the ring and just gets a, yeah. a face full of Jack Evans. <laughs> yeah. Um, Luther then tries to power bomb Colt into the cake. Negative one hits Luther with um, the Singapore cane. Oh, hang on! Before Luther. that, there was a spot. Yeah, there was a spot yeah. earlier on where Luther cleaned someone off the top rope on the corner, and the right eight, and he fell off the apron again. <laughs> I don't know whether he I literally just can't be in the corner of an apron without falling off because of some sort of condition, or if this was like a meta throwback to his match with Chris Jericho. There was uh, the bit. There was the bit as well earlier in the match where like he did the body slam thing of like, onto a uh, Jack Evans onto a uh, Silver, and then Angelico like. It was because it, it looked like Luther had forgotten what he was doing, and Angelico was like going for like a pin, like he's literally he's covering John Silver, and Luther just comes from nowhere and bulldogs him. <laughs> oh, there was another nice moment as well where um, Hangman Alex Reynolds got on Hangman's back to do a, a like a back body drop onto someone on the floor, and then John Silver jumped onto um, Alex Reynolds' back, and Hangman's knees nearly gave way. Yeah. Yeah. Cult, Silver, Silver the, must uh, have put on the Christmas beef. Because you know, he used to meet man, mate. He's, uh, he's, he's just pure beef. Uh, <laughs> he's like five foot one and 300 pounds. Um, <laughs> a pure muscle. Um, yeah, the, the the bit as well uh, with that, where uh, Colt's like doing his whole, I'm going to be more like a cool dad gimmick. And he's like helping him up to do it. Um, so yeah, negative one hits Luther with the cane. As he got, tries to powerbomb Colt into the cake, Colt flapjacks right. Luther into the cake, and Luther like freaks out. Luther sells um, it like it's a, like it's a, an infernal yeah. match, and he's just been put into the fire. Uh, Excalibur yeah. comes out with a line making his face look, look less symmetrical. No, I mean that will do it. <laughs> and then Silver Reynolds and Hangman hit like a triple team move, which was awesome. Where oh, it was so good, Silver. No, no, no. Um, Reynolds does a no, sorry. Reynolds does a stunner. Reynolds does a, stu- a stunner. That's right. Um, Silver S- holds Hangman him. hits. Yeah, and Silver Hangman holds him. Hangman hits a buckshot. As Silver Germans him. and then Reynolds does a jackknife pin over the top. I like that. I like that Reynolds got the pin on it as well. Yeah, because like you don't use him enough. Um, Reynolds is. I mean, he's been put out on dark man. He's really improved a lot recently. He, I mean, he was cut, he was in serious danger of like. Sort of fallen under uh, John Silver's shadow, wasn't he? Yeah, because he's he's quite quiet compared to Silver. He's still quite funny. Yeah. He's, he's very like un- he's very understated. He's, he's very good at detail work. Like John's really loud and like really funny in that respect. But Silver's like clever funny. If you know what I mean, he does like a lot of little things. Yeah, if you look, if you look for them, they're, they're really hilarious. Uh, and Jr. Jr. put these guys over huge on commentary in this match. He was saying like how much they've improved and how talented they are and stuff like that, um, mm. which was brilliant. Yeah, and it was a really, really fun match. We'll talk about the match after we've talked about the ending of the match. I think we need to, we need to sort of. Yeah. Um, so just uh, the last little bit of a negative one's birthday stuff um, before we go to the big storyline bit. Uh, as as uh, as Chaos Project are trying to leave, uh, Stu and Eva Luno grabs a pentacle and hold it in place, and then uh, give negative one hits a pentacle with the cane. Like and then they give him papers on the to throw at Sapentico. Yeah. yeah. And he also says that they said they were going to ruin his birthday, but it was his, it was his birthday three days ago when they were stupid. Idiot. 
he's, he's been getting fucking promo classes off Eddie Kingston, hasn't he? Yeah, then, um, he, hits, then he hits up, he hits Pentacle with the papers, so Pentacle sells it like he's just been green misted. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then we go to the storyline stuff, which uh, was them asking Hangman if he'll join the Dark Order. Yeah, so John um, Silver's he's in the ring, he's he's babbling, he's saying how he's 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 a great wrestler. The whole first of all, they're all high fiving and then he's like, Oh, you're such a great wrestler, you're handsome, your hair's lovely. And then John he gets down on one knee. Yeah. <laughs> and asks Hangman if he'll join the Dark Order. And uh this was actually this actually this actually got me, you know, this 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 like this this went this went right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I talked to Jay about it very briefly before the podcast started. So Hangman says, "There's no build up because because no, basically no." But it's um, even then; he, it's not that he says no. He says, "I can't." He says, "I can't." Yeah, and then as soon as he says it, and on, the, on the big screen, he comes up. He said yes, <laughs> like confetti and comes get, down. <laughs> the music and starts get, playing. We get creepers dressed as cowboys dancing out. <laughs> and he's silver medals turn around and like, like you know, kill it, kill it. No, he said no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and Stu Stu like Stu goes like some heads to cowboys. I mean, stitches down the back down the, <laughs> room, down the ramp. This was this was incredible. Adam's face where she looks dead awkward. Um, and yeah, basically he says, look, I, I can't. Um, I've done the group thing before; it doesn't work for me. Um, I'm really sorry. I love you guys, and he walks off. He takes the bottle of whiskey off Stu and walks off down the heel tunnel. Yes, he does. Um, I I hope that was Justin walking down the nearest tunnel and not well, that. the face was full of creepers, mate. There was cowboys all over it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it's Hangman walking down there because he thinks he deserves to, not because yeah. he is. Because I think They've got they've got Hangman to the point now where he's on the cusp of becoming like their top babyface. Well, it's interesting because now if, if you think about like down it's the bubbling. line, if we're positioning Hangman v Kenny, you've basically got the top heel in the company who thinks he's a face in Kenny, and you've got a top mm. face in the company who thinks he's a heel in Hangman. Yeah, which is a really cool dynamic for them to for them to sort of like meet and realize who they both are at the same time would, would be would be quite cool. It- it even when you look back, like we were t- we were talking about um, on our award show, the Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks match, and how going into that they were heavily teasing Hangman was going to be the heel coming out of it mm-hmm. and turn on Kenny, and Kenny was going to be the babyface. And obviously, plans changed. They didn't expect Hangman to get over as much as he did, and they, they went with it. Um, but they've done a really good job of kind of patching that up, and. I don't think it's intentional, but I think you could even put it down to the fact that Hangman feels like he's not living up to the expectation of the group, the elite. When you look at like the way they're presented, and he doesn't, he didn't want to fall in their shadow, and they always treat them like, oh, he's just Hangman, he's an afterthought. Well, he felt like he let and, the elite down, didn't he? And now he probably feels like he let the Dark Order down at the same time. Um, it's yeah, just, it just happened. And you said you said before when we were talking, you said this this I mean on the one I said to you this is both the best and worst thing that that could have happened out of out of this storyline because on the one hand we all wanted to see Hangman in the Dark Order and have fun cowboy times with John Silver and all the boys and it would have been hilarious and it would have been really good. On the other hand, as you said before, this makes them both like the biggest sympathetic baby faces in the company. So Hangman it literally was like he was a like he was just a broken man. Like after that promo, he looked. I was I yeah. I, I, I was. Genuinely touched by by the the level of emotion in his voice and this the way the way you know, the way he delivered it all and and how he explained it and he really I really bought into the reasoning why he didn't want to put himself in that position again. Um, 
and the Dark Order have literally just had their hearts broken as well. Like they they they, put, they were so excited, they put so much effort in, they had such a fun time, and yeah, they, they, everyone's just left absolutely shattered by this whole thing, which is which is really quite cool from a from a story perspective and, and sort of where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I think um, I I I mean they announced later in the show then the um, the Dark Order versus the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. Yeah, which is I, huge. Yeah, like for the dark order to be back on that main event level. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that as a way to kind of to kind of like turn Hangman's head again. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. I thought, like, I thought obviously we all thought Hangman could be the next leader. He could be the new one to come in and and sort of take over the group. And obviously, after today, while I was watching the rest of the day, I was thinking, like, who who can it be now? Then if it's if it's not Hangman, who's gonna who's gonna step into this to this vacuum and and the more thoughts, but the more I thought, actually, I kind of just want them to sort of rule by committee yeah. and like just be the yeah. group of guys they are. You can't replace well, Brody. Like no one can yeah. replace Brody. Brody was Brody, and he was awesome. Um, and I'm not saying Hangman wouldn't have done a great job of, of, of you know being the figurehead, but I kind of I'm kind of coming around to this idea of like they just like a load of guys who are all equal and they all they're all cool and they're, they're you know they're all like they're all important in their own way. Well, I mean, you look at the you look at the way it's kind of structured, like. When Brody was the leader, um, Evil Uno was like the sort of like second in command, and he was like the sort of like almost like a father figure to everybody else. Yeah. Whereas Brody was like the angry sort of boss. Um, and obviously when he first started, Evil Uno was firmly positioned as the leader. Um, until he started doing his higher power stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if. He kind of did that same dynamic where they have evil, you know, sort of like the patriarchal figure. But almost, if if Hangman joined, he'd be he'd be more like because they look at them, they look at them originally like they were like an evil corporation, don't they? Yeah. Whereas now they're like a com- comedic evil corporation. It's like they're almost like um like Doctor Evil from Austin Powers and his evil like empire. Um, and Hangman would be like the sort of like poster boy of it. Where it's like, look, we're normal, we've got him. As opposed to him being a leader, I think. But it's definitely, I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, I've been a big fan of, like, Uno and Grayson for ages. And the more I've seen from the Dark Order guys, the more I've, like, kind of, like, grown to love them. And they are genuinely one of my favourite things that comes up on Dynamite every week now. And they're arguably and the biggest faces in the company as well. No, <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Like... Silver looked like a top guy in this in this whole segment, and even when he's in the ring, he he he's been he's sort of fallen into this, this sort of like role now in the matches, just like the guy who takes all the heat. Yeah, and he, he plays it really well. Um, he's a really good sympathetic babyface. It's it's it's. I mean, if you'd have told me, I mean, if you'd have told me a year ago a lot of things about the last twelve months, I probably wouldn't have believed any of them. But if you'd have told yeah. me a year ago that like I would be almost tearing up over Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds doing a segment in the ring on Dynamite. And cold, don't forget cold. And cold, cold look heartbroken. Yeah. Um, cool, cool dad, cold cabana. Cool dad, cold cabana. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see where they go for this. Definitely, I think. I, I'm I'm glad as well. Not to kind of drag on talking about this, but if if this was WWE, they would have done the dark or they would have done the tribute show. They would have done the dark or the thing, and then they would have forgotten all about them again. Because they did the exact same thing with Chavo Guerrero um, when Eddie died. So 
I'm glad that they're kind of keeping them like in a focal point as well, and making making them out there. Look, we've we've got we've got this kind of we've got these guys who people love, and we didn't think people would love them, but now they do. So let's keep let's keep an eye on them. Let's keep. I mean, with, without wanting to without wanting to try and make a, I try, I try not to make WWE comparisons because because it it does seem a bit. Yeah, it's. I, I didn't want to. I don't want to really say. I don't want to say this is a negative on WWE, but it's it's nice. It's it's again another great example of. In AEW, if you get yourself over, the reward is you get pushed. You don't get buried. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the point I was trying to make. Just you've made it much more eloquently than I did. Um, but yeah, anyway, very very happy to see the dark order storyline being pushed up like into the forefront. Very cool. That was a good uh, match. Really really fun match as well. Like really high energy. Really fun um, match. Yeah. Good action. Hangman is you know he's he's become one of those guys now who you can just put into any match and he elevates it. Yeah. Um, yeah. After this, we get uh, Jericho and MJF discussing whether the tag match will cause friction within the inner circle. Jericho who, says he doesn't. Who wants hmm? to see the MJF line at the start? <laughs> oh. oh, about about Mar- um, instantly off the bat, Marve, stop talking. Your breath smells worse than rats having an orgy in a microwave. In a running microwave. <laughs> In a running microwave. I'm glad that MJF knows what that smells like because I don't want to. Um, <laughs> there was some, there was some really good like shit on Alex Marvez segments in tonight's Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. and I enjoyed um, all. I enjoyed all of them. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Jer- Jericho says himself and MJF will win, uh, and then we go to the ring and Tony brings out Sting to congratulate Darby Allen. Uh, Sting does the does that before he can kind of talk more. Team Taz interrupt. Um, it's quite funny because Sting sounds like he's really running out of things to say. Yeah, <laughs> Sting Sting's literal sentence is "There's something that reminds me of me and you." Uh, not the face pain or the sitting in rafters by any chance, is it, Sting? <laughs> or, or the fact that Darby's a skateboarder and Sting was a surfer. <laughs> yeah. Darby just put wheels on the board, um, <laughs> on his dad's board. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Ricky Starks said, um, Taz interrupts and challenges Darby and Sting to take it to the streets. Ricky Starks says, you wouldn't know the streets if you did something like that. Anyway. Um, it was a bit, this this was a bit, they, they didn't really give Starks the chance to really talk, did they? Like Taz, got, Taz forgot yes. to hold the mic to Starks' <laughs> mouth. This segment in general was a bit meh. I'm I'm kind of hyped that it's it's sort of growing towards my ideal end point for this feud, as I described to you guys, which is basically just Sting and Taz fighting in a McDonald's car park. Like two two angry dads. um, Yeah, um, basically that's pretty much what happened there. They're gonna. They said they'll have a, a fight in the streets. Not in the street fight. They'll meet them in the streets. Not a street fight. Not a street uh, fight. I'm guessing this, they assume this, this to be Hobbs and Derby versus Sting and Hobbs and Zarks versus Sting and Derby. I assume. I assume or, so. Or all the team Taz versus Sting and Derby. Because because Cage is out of go, hasn't he? He's 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 out of go. Hmm. I'm sure Cody will try and show up in it. You'll love love doing shit like that. Um. I mean, it's not like he's doing much else just now, is it? How dare you? He's in a feud with Jake Cargill, don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. It, it could be interesting. Um, after this, we see the books going. It says earlier in the day and the books are arriving at Kenny Omega's house for 
and a that, of that fucking house, by the way. Oh, yeah. oh. Actual, actual stalker, Alex Marvez is just outside for some reason. Yeah, I love the fact <laughs> they go, Oh, why are you here, Marvez? And he goes, Well, they, they told me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Marvez is like the dumbest fucking ring backstage interviewer. Uh, they go in, and Michael Nakazawa is like Kenny's sort of like aide now, isn't he? Um, He's got like he's got a, a AW polo on. He's got like a headset, um, and he kind of walk in the room in like the living room, and there's a portrait of Kenny and Don Callis in jeans with abs. Specifically, an oil, an oil I, painting. Yeah, an yeah. oil painting. Don Callis made sure to get his full hair hair in there, not his real hairline. <laughs> that that angle that looks like he's got a full head of hair um, <laughs> that he does on all his promo pics. Um, Callus, Callus comes out and he says he's here because Kenny can't make it. Um, did he say what Kenny was doing? No, he didn't. Okay, more on that later. Um, Callus the then tries. Asked, the Bucks asked oh. about it, but he just said Omega was busy running errands. It was the words that he used. Yeah, Callus refers to the Bucks' friendship as an investment, uh, and he tries to pay the Bucks off. Um, you mean he literally cuts them both a check, like yeah, and then the book say we make this in a week, and then he said, then they say, oh yeah, well we used to work in that company that you were, that you run Wait. now, and we know those checks aren't worth anything. Yeah, um, you you forgot also Nakazawa takes Marvez to the dungeon. Oh yeah, and Marvez looks terrified. It's, it's, well. it's, it's it's not a real dungeon; it's just a wrestling room. It's fine. <laughs> that was that was fun. Um, Matt asks Don where he was when they were in Tokyo on the 14-hour bus drives um, and when they were, like, celebrating birthdays, anniversaries and everything else together to keep, each, like, being each other's support systems. Uh, they rip up the checks. Callus calls the Bucks blood suckers, which made me laugh. And they chase him off camera and beat him up. Um, do you reckon he would have wanted to probably get a shoot, a little shoot dig in there on, uh, on Don? I, know I, I mean, would've, I would have wanted to get like a little. Oh, sorry, mate. I didn't mean to hit you that hard. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. Um, oh. Yeah, I thought that. I thought it was pretty cool. It was. It was quite. It was again. It was just been talking on on our NXT review this week. We were talking about like how when something's different, you really kind of appreciate it. And this was different from all the stuff they've done. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it I wasn't a Danish place. It was filmed on location in a house. It was, I mean, it was funny. Yeah. It was, Don Callis is, is a funny guy. Like, you know, he's he's got a diff, very different type of promo to, to anyone else in AEW. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, was, it was fine. It, it, set, it, 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 it sort of shows, like, obviously it was on it was on BT as well this week. The, the, the cracks were sort of showing between the books and Kenny already, and, like, the deceit and, like, the books feel, like, cheated and lied to and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Mm. And it, it, they they follow up on this a bit very, later very, as well, which is a uh... yeah, yeah, which is which quite nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> after this, we get pretty Peter Avalon, who I think I love his entrance. I think it was fucking brilliant. I love um, his, I love his gimmick. I love everything about this. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like he's not even like if you got Rick Rude on Wish. He's like if you got Robert Rude on Wish. He's it, like, it's like he, if you got. He's like that really nerdy kid in school who like kissed his first girl and now he thinks he's like God's gift. 
He's fucking with love. His first, his first girl was his cousin. <laughs> Mate, she goes to a different school. You don't know her. She lives by me, Nan. He's literally, he's just like McLovin, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Or George, George Michael off uh, Arrested Development. Um, for anyone who watches that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Cody infamously said on Twitter that you would beat Peter Avalon in less than a minute. Because he's he, an well, art first of all, he comes out and he still he has his Snoop Dogg verse still in his uh, in his music. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got you know your pyros too much when you can't even hear your music anymore. Like it just went pure bang bang whoosh whoosh. Nay, couldn't he hear a <laughs> well, word you know, Snoop Doggy Dog was saying? They skimped <laughs> on the pyro last week, so uh, Rick Baker could use a party poppers. So uh, this week he had to have double because contractual obli- obligations. Yeah, um, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, literally from the bell, Cody hits the crossroads. Then Jade Cargill comes out. Um, she just stands there. Cody gets distracted. Avalon hits a low blow, and because because he's a heel who's not very clever, he doesn't go for just the pin straight away, which would have probably won him the match. Um, and so he, he hits a low blow. Like, he like he like hoofs him in the dick. Like. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, <laughs> Full belt, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a punk a good job, Randy Fraggers, because I don't think she's having any more kids with Cody after this. No, it's like he goes, he just like destroys Cody's genitals with a with an absolutely mighty drag. A, te- a testy kick than that out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so um, he he works over the leg anyway. Uh, Avalon hits a really nice superplex at one point. He um. This he is goes a, this becomes a surprisingly and, competitive match. Oh, don't sleep on Peter Avalon. He's excellent. He's just, he's just I mean, like now his role is just jobber. Yeah. You think Cody's going to have a two-minute match? That'd be silly. With that ego. <laughs> no. That'd be um, silly. To be fair, though, as well, the character work of Peter Avalon was fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. Whenever Cody went to hit him in the face, he kind of covered his face and cower. And they <laughs> played that into the finish as well, really nicely. Yeah. yeah. More on that later. Um. Uh, Avalon eventually misses a moonsault. Cody locks in a figure four. Avalon turns it over. As Cody turns it back, Avalon slaps the piss out of Cody. Cody goes to slap Avalon. Avalon covers <laughs> his face and starts tapping out. So he's not, oh, he's, he's not asked about the figure four, but as soon as he gets threatened to be slapped in the face, he immediately quits. Yeah, and JR was so angry on comedy, on comedy, on commentary about this. It goes, was nice. Oh, it was... yeah, he doesn't want to win the match because he might hurt his face. <laughs> Just because JR's never had a face worth protecting. <laughs> Jesus Christ, safety. Darkened mate. Jesus. Um, hey, we, 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 you know, I, I speak from experience of being bitter about people. Who, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I, that, that thought this was quite good. It made made Avalon look good. Um, I, I, I thought, yeah, I thought it, was a, it was a really good. It was good to just get a look at him because, like, if you're a dynamite watcher, you never see Peter Avalon, do you? So, yeah, so the, I the didn't even thing... know he had a gimmick change until this week. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> been he's been doing the thing where he's been in the crowd that he's like been literally lying on like a heart shaped bed in the crowd. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, good to see that, it's good to see that Cody let me use his old uh, dashing gimmick as well. Well, he's pretty Peter Avalon on um, in PWG. Yeah. So that was before Dash and Cody Rhodes was a thing. Um, but yeah, uh, after this, um, FTR say they're ranked number one and want the tag title. 
Um, Jungle Boy comes in with uh, Jurassic Express and challenges anyone from FTR to a match because they cheated last week. Dak says he'll win with no help. Um, and they, they say they're going to be banned from ringside. Tully's trying to talk them out of it. And then Luchasaurus says, you don't need to ban anyone from ringside because I'll just make sure that no one gets involved. Um, he, says specifically he won't just wrestle him, he'll fight him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that will be a really good match. Yeah. Looking forward to yeah, I'm quite. I'm really hyped. They they announced some bangers this week, so I'm really quite hyped for next week's tournament. Yeah, I'm, there's a match that we'll get to in a minute that I'm really excited for. Um, after this, we got the return of John Moxley to the ring. So uh, I've, I've, got, so I've, I've, I've just coming. got down here Mox versus some jobber, but I have to I have to <laughs> clarify. This is some jobber who looks like the bastard love child of Bruiser Brody and Jeff Cobb. <laughs> See, I thought the bastard love child of Bruiser Brody and Macho Man Randy Savage. He is he is large, this man. He was a big man. Large, um, thick. Hairy. So the guy that John Moxley was wrestling was Nick Camarato. Uh, he's been on Dark a few times. He was trained by QT Marshall, and he's a big fucker. Did they also he's see a big a, old he's, hairy he's a man? Qualified accountant as well. He did. Um, I'm actually him telling you to file your taxes. You would fucking file them. Rene <laughs> Rene Paquette uh, tweeting about live tweeting of this match was fantastic. Where she said. She was like thirsting over John going, oh, he's got his hairy chest out. And then she like literally tweeted straight after, damn, the other guy's hairier. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't, <laughs> you can't tweet about John Mox's hairy chest when he's fighting this guy. Yeah. Um, this guy was like the manliest man to ever man. This guy looks like a silver like gorilla had a shave. Someone... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. He was a big fucking, um, big fucking guy. Uh, yeah. So Mox headbutts him from the get-go. Chops him in the corner. He, it looks like it's going to be business as usual for Mox. He goes for a crossbody. Uh, Comrade catches him, power slams Mox, follows it up with a backbreaker stretch, which looks really nice. Um, Mox hit a really cool rebound German suplex. Goes for like the big King Kong lariat that he's been using. Um, Comrade completely no sells it. And then like Mox like bounced off him. And then Mox just jumps up, locks in a rear naked choke. And it was cool. Like I didn't pick this up at first until like they showed the replay and Excalibur mentioned it, where he moved his hands and as soon as he moved his hands, like it was like he tightened the grip. Comrade just like dropped like Deadwood. Yeah. Just hit the floor. And then the ref stops the match. Um Yeah, as soon after, as he hits the floor, the ref calls it like he is clean out. Yeah. I, it was cool finish though. And I like as well, because Paradigm Shift's an awesome finish. Yeah, I really like it. But Sometimes there's obviously bigger opponents and he can't really. Well, yeah, this was a nice callback to his title matches against, against some of the bigger guys. Like he put Brody over the sleeper. He put. Um, did he put Archer over the sleeper as well? Put Archer. No, he, he put. Uh, Archer, I think he beat. He, I can't remember. He, beat Cage, Archer. he didn't put him Cage. away with the sleeper. Cage, Cage? He, put, he put away with it where Taz threw in the towel. Uh, Arch, Archer, I think he literally like rolled him up. And then Kingston, he obviously beat Kingston um, twice with a with a with a choke as well, didn't he? So it's, it's good to see that, like against choke, yeah. against like bigger lads who he can't like effectively DDT that well, he can just knock him out. Which is again, it's it's it makes him yeah. seem dangerous and then like well rounded. It was a good throwback to to how he was winning matches earlier this year. Yeah, um, yeah, this, it, it's um, again, it kind of like mirrors something we were talking about on NXT with a a squash match where there was a, a newish finish finisher introduced. 
And a match like this is a good way to kind of solidify, oh yeah, this will this can put people like anybody else, just, no matter like what like size or build they are. As you um, say, this, this match is a really good story. Mox, Mox thought this was easy money. He went for his standard offense. It didn't work. He had to adapt a bit, and then he did. He pulled. He pulled some out and, and got the win, which you know keeps yeah. him keeps him looking dangerous. And then he, and, he cuts another fire promo after this uh, scathing promo. He basically just calls out everybody, doesn't? Yeah, he basically says well, whatever whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, all roads go through me, basically. So you've got to. He also said whether you're coming from Japan, Mexico. America, the Europe, it doesn't matter. All roads impact come through. You mentioned impact. You mentioned impact wrestling. I think you mentioned New Japan as well, actually. Yeah. Well, there's more about Japan later. Um, we'll talk about. Okay, I didn't pick up on that, so I'll let you go into that. Um, yeah. After this, uh, speaking of fire promos, Edward Kingston is on the on the old uh, microphone getting asked about his match with Lance Archer next week. Good lad Eddie Kingston wearing a Medusa Complex hat as well. Let's just yeah. loves it. Loves wearing Medusa Complex merch on at Dynamite. They're totally getting signed when the world reopens, aren't they? Um, I hope not, man. I love, I love seeing Charlie Evans in Liverpool. Yeah, but Eddie Kingston was still. Um, oh no, not Eddie Kingston. Uh, Evil Uno was meant to be doing a show in Liverpool, and yeah, true. They're, they're allowed to do shows, so she'll still be doing shows. Um, Eddie Kingston will, will probably do a TNT show again now as well. Oh, I'll have to be physically restrained if he comes to a TNT. I, I, was, <laughs> I was buffered that I couldn't go to the TNT show he was at. I was in America. I was absolutely uh, furious. I, I just couldn't get off work. I, I had like time booked off work. And like, he beat the, the, he beat the piss of David Starr as well, which would have been even better. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, so he talks about his match with Archer, and um, before he can really get into it, Archer get, comes in, gets in his face, and then... Oh, I've said this before, Archer's up. a really good promo. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't need Jake. Like, Jake Jake adds something to it, and he, I think he adds, like, a bit of legitimacy to Archer as well. Like, mm. like Jake's little bit at the end of this promo is really good. He just, like, puts the full stop on it, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, the, I think I think as well... Um, with Archer, he does. There's elements to his character that remind me of kind of like, obviously Jake. Jake's character was like he was like quiet and like kind of man, manipulative, and he was calculating. And Archer's like the other extreme, like the other end of the spectrum, where he's like a mm. fucking lunatic and he's out out for everybody. It's really weird because like I watched the post show on the Brody tribute show, um, and Archer was on that, and he was in real life. He's so softly spoken. <laughs> Dead soft spoken. He's that quiet fella, isn't he? Um, yeah, I, I love I, I love Lance Archer. He's one of those people I didn't think I'd like grow to love as much as I have in AEW. Yeah. I think that they've done a really good job. Of, like, I mean, this is just this is just promo overkill, isn't it? Having Jake, Lance, and Eddie all on the same screen, it's just like it's yeah. just it's just a, an embarrassment of riches in terms of oh. Mike talent. Also, can we address the fact that the butcher looked like he was should have been flipping bags in a nineties music video in this? No, the butcher looks like he should be pouring me a fucking hazy boy, a Williamson, a Williams, a Brooklyn bar, a Williams big bar. See, see, you you went for that. I went, I went for. He looks like he should be working in a greasy spoon in a nineties music video. Uh, he should, he should be, he should like be a, popping, he should like be popping a sound his, garden video. He should be popping his rare gurzes at a uh, at a bottle show. <laughs> Shout out to the three yeah, people who listen to this. You won't know what that means. Um, two of them being me and Jay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And then after this, um, we get Kenny arriving to the building. There's new drip. Um, he's got a paisley shirt on. Oh, he's Kenny! Kenny shirt. I mean, Ricky Starks. Be afraid, because Kenny's, <laughs> Kenny's pushing you here. Well, Ricky Starks was very reserved. He was wearing a fucking polo neck. Exactly. And a, Kenny, a putting, Kenny putting Ricky Starks on notice. <laughs> if, if Kenny steals Ricky Starks' game, I'll be so pissed off. Do we have to have a top five ranking of this dress? I want. I want a new. I want a new ranking added to the official AW ranking. I mean, the, the best five, best rest. It's always going to be a guarantee that Ricky Starks and the Butcher are there. Yeah. Always. We put Miro right at the bottom, obviously. Uh, Miro, fuck me. Um, we'll get to that. Chuck, Chuck Taylor, though, he was he snuck into it. This yeah, he's, he's, he's getting um, dapper. Getting very dapper. Right. But yeah. Um, oh, sorry, just whilst we're here, um, Marvez has ended up there somehow. Like... Fuck knows how he got there. Well, they addressed that. Uh, I, well, I think Marvez is like the worst. I think his gimmick is like he's the worst on the scene reporter ever. He just kind of like he just kind of like mills around like he's on his coffee break, and then all of a sudden shit's happening. Rams like, oh, oh god, oh god. Um, my my question is, what happened at the dungeon? What was in the dungeon? It was just a red room. Probably just had some of Kenny's wrestling figures in and some uh, like some old like memorabilia. He probably just had a really nice time. My guy are probably got showed them like, oh look, these are all the um, these are all the eighties figures we got here, and these are all like the nineties. And here's the comic books, and he's like, hey, do, you, do you want to play No Mercy? Because we got the N sixty four hooked up right here, so. I reckon it was just a room with completely white walls, uh, everything round, with just a plasma screen tally on the wall, and just Don Callis dressed as Steve Jobs doing motivational speaking. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about things he likes. Um, though obviously constantly saying, Winnipeg, Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> I was trained by the original Sheik. To, oh, sorry, the Golden Sheik. Don't you know? Um, all that bollocks that he loves. Um, probably, uh, probably uh, give change Marvez's glasses to rose tinted glasses like uh, Don Callis, and they, they put him in an angle that you couldn't see Don Callis' bald spot. Um, you know, got it, all the details. Um, anyway, yeah, Kenny's got Kenny's got a paisley shirt, pinstripe pants, and like some brown boots, like really pointy boots with buckles on them. Um, he he goes into the locker room. Callus is on his phone. He's got his glasses off, and then Callus like kind of panics and puts his glasses on. Kind of like, oh, whoa, who did that to you? Um, Callus, oh no, no, don't worry, I just banged my head. No, 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 you've been punched, did it? And then it, it, and then Callus accidentally, with inverted commas, says, "Oh, Matt and Nick did it." Right. First of all, how much Callus has definitely embellished that bruise. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that's that's that is. If he touches that, that's gonna that's, if, that's all makeup. <laughs> if he doesn't, if he doesn't show up to Impact and Dynamite next week with one of those fucking ski masks that Randy Orton was wearing on Raw, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> I'd like him. Um, I'd like next week for it to just be on the other side of his face. Like he's forgotten and put it on the wrong a, side. It's just slowly dripping down his neck <laughs> as he sweats more. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Kenny says that he's going to get whoever did it, and then Callis says the book, and Kenny looks kind of shook. And he kind of, Marvez has just stood there, and Callis like, wait, why is this stooge in here? And just chased them out. <laughs> um, after this, we got uh, a nice a nice change of pace um, from that madness, which was uh, 
Top Flight and Matt Seidel versus the Hardy Party. Um, this is Matt Hardy and Impact number one tag team contenders, Private Party. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a word. They, they, beat, uh, they beat the team of James Storm and Chris Saban on Impact this week to become number one contenders to the Good Brothers Impact tag team titles. Private Which Party is uh, some nice new gear as well. Revolution, is that true? Yeah, February thirteenth, uh, I think. No, uh, Revolution's the the big April one. Oh, is that the no big surrender. One? Revolution Revolution's the one that has an Omega symbol on the poster. Oh no, that's Rebellion Revolution. Yeah. Rebellion, sorry, yeah. Rebellion yeah. has an, an Omega a. symbol in a golden star. Yeah. Kozura Bushi's not showing up an impact on. Come on. Don't be silly. Um the amount of people on Twitter saying, Oh, Kozura Bushi's gonna show up. <laughs> no, he's don't be fucking stupid. I mean, to be fair, we said the same thing about Kenny Omega and look at us now, but here we go. Um, anyway, so top right side, I'll get the early advantage. Hardy gives the private party a pep talk and they just like show like a lot more of an aggressive I mean, attitude. They, they, no, no, they're working heel, like straight up working heel. Oh yeah, but like they were trying to do like a lot of flashy stuff and then as soon as Hardy spoke to them, they, they, like, they just punch him fools. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that becomes their MO like, um, sort of half of this match. There was a really cool spot where Seidel and Top Flight lock in a triple Boston Crab on air, the private party. Um, a tri- it's, like party a triple, it's like a triple single leg Boston Crab, if that makes sense. Yeah. Everyone's got one but leg like, of one person. Seidel's got both pe- both yeah. guys' legs, and then the Darius and um, Dante have got Dante one leg each. Ones, yeah. um, Seidel, and, um, Seidel gets distracted by Matt Hardy, and then it allows the private party to attack him and take control. They keep Seidel isolated for a great deal of match. Uh, he reverses a double suplex from the private party, lands on his feet, hits Matt. They're kind of like celebrating as well. He knocks Matt off the apron as they turn around. He hits a double runner and tags in, um, I think it was Dante from Top Flight. Um, one of the Martin brothers anyway. Um, Top Flight uh, take Matt Hardy out with a big dive. Um in fact, that was Darius, wasn't it? Who took Matt Hardy out? Oh, that was. Oh, I forgot was, that my notes. That was brutal. He literally just when he put him right out, when he the dumped him over the top rope. Matt yeah. Hardy landed on his fucking knee. I was like, "Oh, Matt, it was obvious." He just like he almost like speared him through the barrier. It was insane. He came through like um, the middle rope, didn't he? And just like literally launched him. Yeah, tough flights are so good. Uh, I mean, so private party, but tough flights are fucking awesome. Um, but private with the private, party, party, the private party sort of slowing down their offense in this match to work a bit more healy, it really made <laughs> Top Flight's offense stand out a lot more. Yeah. Because when private party were doing stuff like that, they can that we know they can do effortlessly. They were doing it, whereas they were like acting like they were doing it effortlessly. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it was like, oh, all right, fair enough. Your assholes. Um, essentially. Uh, yeah, so private party go for the silly string, top light reverse it. Uh, uh, on that, on that silly string, uh, Jr. goes, "How do you catch a silly string? A bit of silly string flip fleas." Uh, that was a reference to flip flea markets, which is apparently on a, a program in America where they go to a flea market, buy something, doll it up, sell it again. Oh, so it's bargain. It's basically it bargain hunt. It's what? still going, I think. Okay. So it wasn't like like a nineties reference or something. No, it was, people would, two, yeah. it, it was two thousands. I know that because I remember. Okay, that. okay. Um, Mahadi hits side effects on everybody like he's Oprah. 
Um, including a lovely one. So he hits it on both the top flights and then Seidel comes off the top rope and Mac just catches like, him and hits yeah, him. I like the transitions for this. So he goes for he goes for it on Darius. Darius fights out and then he just catches Dante and hits Dante with it. And then he then he Darius is reacting to it. So then he hits Darius with it. And then Matt Seidel goes to do the meteora, he catches him and hits that. Yeah, um, it just, it's not been mentioned. Uh, it's mentioned on commentary that um, Matt Sedell was actually a, a, like a hero of Dante and Darius when they were younger. Well, yeah, they would have been growing up watching them, and and so it's nice to see oh, as Evan Bourne, I imagine, and it's nice to see that they get to wrestle with them, which is pretty cool. And I imagine it was, it was pretty a pretty cool moment for them. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I, I I hope they keep them as a, a trio. Seeing as they're talking about doing the trios belts, yeah, these three. Really exciting, it'd be good to see them all. Um, Dante hits a really big uh top rope run at the side L and Darius hit running elbows. Uh, I love the way he does it as well because he kind of like rolls up the rope, doesn't he? Yeah, he holds up, he, he puts his hands on the second rope, rolls upwards, and then he, he looks like he's gonna drop himself on his head and he doesn't. It's like fucking hell, that's insane. Um, but yeah, top flight are fucking awesome. Top flights are ridiculous, they're <laughs> so talented. They're, the one I've only seen like a handful of matches and they've become one of my favourite tight teams to watch. Um and I want I really hope this this match leads to a full blown top like private party feud because that'd be fucking awesome. Um Isaiah hits Dante with the chair while the ref's distracted um on the top rope. Um Mark Quinn kind of and the way he does, he does it as well, Mark Quinn, like they just to kind of like solidify the heels and Mark Quinn like Looks shocked and he like has this massive grin on his face. Yeah, he's kind of like a oh, what have you done? Ah, well, whatever. Yeah, because <laughs> Isaiah is like, yeah, I did it, I did it. And Mark Quinn just like grins, like we've been dickheads all along, sort of thing. <laughs> um, and then Mark Quinn hits what I think's probably the best looking shooting star press in wrestling at the moment. I mean, um, is that a is that a is that like a fuck you the match I don't? <laughs> to a degree, no, 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 not, it, not like it, not what you said I mean like doing the shooting star press is that like a sort of oh no I was going to say no, well, he's always mistake. done it anyway. to a degree but it's always been his finisher yeah yeah. but it was more I think it, you could you could kind of like even add that to the sort of like backstory of it if they wanted to yeah um, because obviously he's probably doing it more because he admires Matt Seidel <laughs> but yeah yeah after the bell, uh, pri- now the now heel private party celebrate with Matt, and then we beat the living shit out of here. Seidel and Pratt. Yeah, um, Matt's got twister face flight. for everyone. Yeah, I'm loving um, this. I'm loving this new dynamic of like um, Matt Hardy's just like this, like sort of skeezy boy band manager. Yeah, <laughs> and top flight um, and private party because like yeah, we know he's taking advantage of us, but we're winning. So who the fuck cares? Top of the world, make it rain. Yeah, the other. Yeah, it, it, it's all, it's almost to the point where like <clears throat> where money Matt's like obviously retired now to a degree. Or he's retired that character we've brought him back as like almost a manager who like wrestles every now and again. Kind kinda like Michael Hayes when he was mentor on the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Uh, and did you notice well on the Titans run now it does say big money Matt? Yes, his his video now has like a big dollar so like a dollar bill comes up with, like big money math on it, yeah. So this yeah. is this is official now. It's solidified. He is big money, Matt. Um, while we're talking about big money, after this, MJF goes into the inner circle locker room, uh, gives everyone a pet pep talk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Are the cameraman step aside, twinkle toes. Yeah. <laughs> um, very subtly <laughs> undermining Jericho in this promo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Sammy gets in his face and MJF says, look, I want what's best for the group. Um, and he fit, goes to fist bump everybody. Everybody does. And Sammy goes, we're not there yet. And then it ends. Uh, yeah. It, it's kind of kind of like we're getting teased that either Jericho's getting took out of the inner circle or they're just going to break up completely. I, I think, I think Jer- based, on, based on tonight, I think Jericho might be getting taken around back. Oh, really? I mean... Based on, based on the main, based on the, the performance of the main event, there's certainly a few <laughs> a few moves that I think he should take round the back and retire. We'll come on to that. Don't worry. Um, we've got uh, we've got another uh, match to talk about, and it was a match that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed this match as well. It's somewhat it's another person who I wasn't too familiar with until I'd seen them on uh, Bloodsport, and then I seen her show up in AEW and really impressed me and that was a legit Layla Hirsch she's got a, a video now and I'm using everything does that mean she's getting close to getting signed I think she has been signed though she, she hasn't got the screen she hasn't got the all of these no we've not had a graphic yet but they don't they don't do that with everyone do they no I just I just wanted to I, I, well, I'm, I'm going to put it I, I wanted to join Team Taz yeah she'd be a good fit for Team Taz yeah um, she is basically just female Taz <laughs> well, I. <laughs> but then, but then also, she's like really, she's like quite a good, like sympathetic baby face. Yeah, like she, she's, some of the selling she was doing in this match was fantastic. Was, I loved the little bits at the start where they were locking up and she was just like leaning on Penelope and putting her down. She was using like yeah. low center gravity and like the body that she's Penelope's momentum against her and like like tripping her ankles and like little ankle slips and, and sort of putting her into submission moves on the flex straight away. It was really really cool to see. Yeah. Um Yes, so uh, the match starts with um, Miro coming out with his butler, Charles Taylor. In the uh, suit. Yeah. Just a, Orange Cassidy just, sat in the yeah. crowd without a mask on, dickhead. Um, <laughs> literally sat with a fucking, like, a row in front of a group of people. You can't really, can't really fucking get around that, can you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Hirsch uh, looks to get the advantage. Uh, Kip make Kip makes Taylor tripper, which was great. Yeah, where like he commanded it, and Taylor kind of goes over and just like does it, and then he's like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" Um, Hirsch gets in Kip's face. Um, now the end of place will go kicking her. Penelope dodges a corner run knees, hits a float over double knees onto the apron. Uh, Layla hits a running knee. Running knees, a deadlift German, and a double knee strike. Uh, she then hits a tope onto a Kip and Charles, and then Penelope hits a running pump kick as Layla's getting back in the ring. Kip pushes her foot off the rope, and Penelope wins. Um, I like that spot towards the end where um, I can't remember what happened, but like Layla went to do something, and then Penelope just dropped down to the splits, which is obviously one of her like signature things. Oh yeah, didn't didn't she go to clothesliner and Penelope did that and then she just like and then she, she just, just like followed through with a knee. She just booted her in the head instead. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, re- I really like Layla. I think she's um, she's different from anything they've got. Yeah, I really like this really match. It, it, it just felt like a it felt like a different sort of match. I think it, I think it got I think she got the best out of Penelope, which is a uh, oh, yeah. hard thing to do. Well, not, not a hard well, thing to do. I think I don't think Penelope's <laughs> bad. I just think she needs a very specific type of opponent to get to said, have a good to have a good match. And I think she got it today in Layla Hirsch. I think she really, she really did. They really matched each other very well in terms of the way they could work together. 
they did mention on commentary uh, that Penelope and Layla had wrestled a few times outside of AW, so maybe it's just someone that she's a bit more familiar with that she's a bit more comfortable doing stuff with. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, two, that's two Layla Hirsch matches on Dynamite now that I've seen, two that I've really enjoyed. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, when when she's in that Bloodsport tournament, which essentially is just like raw underground, but good. Um, yeah. She looked really impressive. Yeah, I mean both both, both women looked really really. It was just, this was a really good like little advert for the women's division. It was it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, long may continue uh, after the match. Miro uh, gets in the ring. He he basically just like shouts at Layla Hage and tells her to get out the ring and gets a lot of heat for that. <laughs> Miro, really Miro, was, Miro was full GTA four. Um, oh, he, he was full character. Nico Bellich at this point. Yeah, or Roman Bellich. He's gonna phone you up and actually I, go bowling with him at this point. I, I put I put in my notes and then I tweeted it out earlier as well. Um Miro's dressed like he's trying to avoid going bowling with a cousin. Um, yeah. <laughs> um Miro demands that that Charles look Orange Cassidy in the eyes and tell him that Miro's his best friend now. Um, the specific words are grab this mic, look over there at that George Michael wannabe, and tell yeah. him Miro is your best friend now. <laughs> Yeah. Um and Chuck Chuck's like arguing and Amira's like, do it. And then um I love the way as well before he said he's like, Look, I've been really nice. I've not made you do anything you don't want to do, and then he does that straight after. But he said he, he didn't make him do anything horrible because he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um and then Chuck says it and uh Orange like, walks away dejected. Yeah, I've I've got Ah, where's my heat about this, right? We've they've already stated that it's done after beach break. So why is Orange walking away here and agree about it? Like it's the end of their friendship. I, I think it's as soon more as cause... beach break hits, that's it. I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's the end of the. I don't think he's looking at it like that. I think it's more a fact that Orange is sort of like walking away in like sort of disbelief for like the situation that Chuck's in. It's like yeah, I think I think, I think, it was I think more he, just that... he doesn't he doesn't want to see him like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was more that he was powerless to do anything. Uh, Chuck smiles very awkwardly, like he look like like a smile, but you can see the pain in his eyes. Um, and then Miro gives him a big hug. Excalibur says a line at the very end of this segment as well. Imagine Miro's wife using Chuck Taylor as a footstool. Just, I mean, ra- randomly pop. I mean, she can't put wife. her feet on the table because she's gone through all of them in the house. <laughs> <laughs> if that if that does a few Excalibur, we'll uh, we'll leave it to it, mate. No way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, he does wear a mask all the time. Not like in a good way. Um, <laughs> not over his mouth like he meant to. Um, but <laughs> you're right, Aaron. <laughs> I've done it again. Um, that's three for three this week. I broke it on, isn't it, mate? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay, so they um, announced they announced another match. So previously, they announced. Did we, did we talk about they announced? Um, we didn't. I was... Lance Archer for next week. Oh yeah, we did. We did yeah. that earlier. Yeah. And then yeah, they've, this is where they announced the Young Bucks and Good Brothers versus the Dark Order for next week. And uh, they announced the com- well, not the comeback. Sorry, the sort of the comeback. Uh, they're going to do a women's title eliminator like they did the world title eliminator. So this is what November. I talked about, Jay. So if you if you met, I don't know if you, if you if you paid much attention to the to the graphic they showed of this women's title eliminator, it shows a tournament, Ooh. an empty tournament bracket setup. Yeah, and a yeah. flag on one side of the screen, and a Japanese flag on the other side of the screen. Yeah, 
Like, oh. It covered the whole side as well. Yeah. It wasn't just that subtle little flag. Yeah, there was. It was literally Maybe... the left hand side was all American flag, like a massive American flag, and the right hand side was like a massive Japanese flag. Yeah. How many people are in it? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Each side. Each side. So, I think it was. So sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, for so, so yeah, they, there was I mean, eight. They, each they side. could. They could feasibly, if they wanted to, they could do an entire Japanese side of it in Japan. Yeah. And then just bring the winner over for a pay per view. Well, I that's, see. That's I'd, how I'd it seen... looks like. I'd seen something on I think Wrestling Inc. that they were having problems getting Rio. Um, over. She just finished up with Stardom apparently. Yeah, but so they're she, having problems she, she actually be getting her a visa for the U- US. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, try Joe's in here now. You'll you'll sort it out. Daddy, da- Daddy Joe will make it all right. Um, <laughs> interesting because they they could also just have all the Japanese talent be coming back. And then Hikaru oh. Shida retweeted it and said that she was excited for a new challenger and then presumably typed out the same thing in Japanese. So make of that what you will. Unless unless the Japanese side is going to be like non-AW talents. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it could just be some hot shit from Japan. No, but what I'm saying is they could have some some like of the Joshi wrestlers they were using before the pandemic. Yeah. But they could also have uh, some like impact wrestlers as well. Yeah. Or some from like AAA. Yeah. Uh they've got they've got the partnerships there, they can do pretty much what they want. Um interesting. I didn't know I did not notice that now. Um but probably because as I was writing it, I had my head down and I just heard them say it. I went, Oh fuck, I'll write that down. Um so I was writing something else out. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot a lot announced for Beach Break and also did they say the finals were gonna be on Beach Break or it was starting a Beach Break? The tournament finals would be on Yeah, and the finals would be on Revolution. Let me have a quick look while we You'd assume you... it'd be Revolution, wouldn't you? Um to be fair, that's only like two weeks after. No, it's not it's end of February, isn't it? Rail, they've just announced the street oh, fight is going to yeah, be. At, so at, they've just announced the street fight will be at Revolution. What's the what? date on Revolution? Revolution? It's Sting and Derby versus Cage and Starks. It's going to be. I want to say it's the twenty fourth. Let me double check. So that's on the twenty um, first, I think maybe. And it's usually early twenties late. Also, next week, apparently, we're getting Chris Jericho and MJF as the Varsity Blondes. Oh, nice. Um, let's Google this very quickly. Twenty-seventh of February. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Four weeks in. Four weeks. Yeah. So they could they could start at a beach break, couldn't they, and then have it culminate? Yeah, I guess. Three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Oh, oh, so before um, before the main event starts, we have to say um, we saw Penta getting beaten up backstage. Yeah, yeah. by the Good Brothers. By uh, the Good Brothers, and then Kenny comes in, rips his shirt off. Kenny comes in like he's just done a big load of cocaine, rips his shirt <laughs> open, throws it on the floor. Um, oh, he's throwing for he just rips it open, and he takes his shoe off. Yeah. Takes his shoe off, and he drives the toe into Penta's eye. We're um, getting an eye for an eye, Mike. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna really get to hold up my. Phone. I'm just taking a picture of the. Um, 
Yeah. Poster. Okay. So that is very that is very clearly showing a Japanese flag on one side. It's eight. It's eight per side. Eight per side. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Interesting. So yeah, that's uh, well. We'll keep an eye on that then, won't we, guys? Aye. Uh, yeah, and then we get we get to the main event of the evening, which is the inner circle versus the inner circle versus the inner circle. Um, Nate, please do not use that music anymore. It was oh, god awful. Um, mash up. The mashup, it was fucking dreadful. I know. It was like fucking 2008 WWE when they just they'd throw a tag team together and mash their entrance music up because they just oh, couldn't. Be I like, I like to think, it. again, with all of this, I had to think with it being Jericho, it's sort of like a dig at his like, half-assed tag team past. <laughs> oh, yeah, it probably is. Because there were some bad ones, like Jericho had a really bad entrance theme, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, it's the big show. Break the wall down. No, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to think um, it's all just either someone is pay- taking the piss out of Jericho, Jericho is taking the piss out of himself. I hope so because it yeah. is fucking rotten. I, I get the impression it was. But <laughs> if you want to speak rotten. about bad, if you want to speak about bad music, like Hager's is fucking awful as well. <laughs> um, Although it's nice to see that um, Hager and Sammy get a um, a shout out from actual Sammy Hager. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which obviously has to be the work of Chris Jericho pulling some strings there. To... Of course, yeah. It is. Well, I I did some research for this to see whether he was on cameo. To think, well, I wonder how much that cost him to do. He's not on cameo. Probably doesn't know what cameo is. Jericho probably just swapped him a few bottles of the bubbly for some tequila. Probably. So yeah. Sammy Hagar is he's a, he's we spoke last week about this. Aaron, he's a he's a singer, a metal singer, heavy metal singer. He also quite famously owns a tequila company. Hey, uh, okay. They're quite a well-known one in the States. And um, yeah, so he probably just did a little trade with Chris, you know, a couple of bottles of tequila, a couple of bottles of the bubbly, threw in a little video. Maybe Jericho, maybe Fuzzy will play it. Maybe Fuzzy will play at one of his like events and give everyone COVID. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One more thing before the match starts. Why the fuck is MGF so fucking oily? I mean, if you want to talk about oily, we didn't address how oily Doc Gallows was. Well, yeah, for a man who well, wasn't, you... wasn't wrestling, he was very, yeah. very slippery. <laughs> so that's some carny bullshit right there. There was a nice bit on being the elite actually this week where they accused the Bucks accused the Good Brothers of coming to um, Dynamite to sort of steal their their spot in the match, and the Good Brothers were like, "Well, we we don't ever want to wrestle." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is, I, do, I love the fact they went, yeah, that's true, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, match, the match <laughs> itself, um, it starts off with Sammy and Jericho, and Sammy literally just like slaps the piss out of Jericho's there, mouth there and is, just goes off. There is, I mean, throughout this match, you get the feeling that like, match-wise, it wasn't fantastic, but story-wise, it did a very good job of, of pushing a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. Um, there is no love lost here. These guys are laying into each other. <laughs> like, yeah, um, instantly, did, this is like the instant did. implosion of the sex gods. So they're dead. You know, there's no, there's yeah. no, there's no Sammy Jericho after this match because they are laying into it. They are laying each other out. They they did the whole thing, didn't they? Where they said um, it's their way of kind of like letting off some steam. Nah, this was this. You can try and you can cry and call it that, but this was more than that. This was. Guys I, I was to... gonna say, Sammy's gonna be leaving. And I reckon Proud and Powerful are going to be leaving as well. Oh, and Proud and Powerful think... in a in a in a match of like shit theme music, like Proud and Powerful's theme music come on was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, 
they can but be they've they can be they've legit good theme music they can fair. be legit baby faces like like they, I mean they already had yeah. they had they had the best babyface promo of twenty twenty. When they were heel. When they were heels. Oh, 2019. Oh, 2019, sorry, yeah. <laughs> the, full gear, the full gear one where they were the clear baby faces against the Young Bucks. Yeah. The Young Bucks were like, yeah, we're the best tag team. We made the most money. It's like, you're just Charlotte Flair, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> they are. Same fucking energy. Um, There's a couple of like, so Jericho tries to use the baseball bat. MJF tries to use the ring. JK is yeah. just, JK is just straight up decking people in the face. This was the best JK has looked in AEW though. Yeah, because he did nothing. Yeah. He, just, he just come in and punch people. <laughs> yeah. They had them come in and just murder people and then leave. Yeah. Um, though, I, I, that being said, like, uh, there was a really cool um, double team move that uh, Sammy and Hager hit on someone where. Uh, Hager hit like a, it was almost like a spine buster, and then Sammy like waited, like waited for them to kind of like pop back up from it, and then hit a cutter, yeah, um, off like the middle rope. Um, Kataro re- cutter. It was on MGF. That's who it was. Was it? Yeah. Um, he hit a really cool poison runner on MGF as well, and then a spine oh, that, that looked I mean, that, poison, that poison runner looked like it hurt both of them really badly. Yeah, Sammy was like the MVP of this match by far. Yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, those Santana and Ortiz both looked awesome. Uh, MJF yeah, great. I, I've literally got my notes. I, f- I genuinely forgot how good prou- pou- Proud and Powerful actually are. It's so annoying, isn't it? That it's, like, but, it's, but it's because when you see them in AEW in a tag match, they're normally with the Bucks or like Private yeah. Party, and that's not really their wheelhouse. Like they they excel at being like the most mobile out of not very mobile teams. You know what I mean? So in a, in a match like this, where you've got like statues like Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, <laughs> they can they can, um, look like, they can look really slick and really like well oiled. Yeah, yeah. As as you said earlier, Ben um, Hager catches Jericho trying to use the bat and like just boots his head off yeah um, and then yeah, like a minute and then later he MJ catches Jeff dynamite diamond on and Hager just like waiting <laughs> I love it so he, he, turns, he turns around and he's got the ring on and Hager spots it so he just takes the ring off and like offers his hand to Hager to shake his hand yeah. <laughs> he just cleans his clock just like absolutely <laughs> um, there was a a spot where uh, MJF hits a powerbomb on Sammy from a Hurricane Rana attempt Jericho goes for a lion salt lands on his fucking head um, oh, I mean, that's everything. That's like, there's you could write a you could write a thesis about how bad that line shot was. Like everything about it, is, he, he sort of like he jumps on the, the ropes thing is, and sort of like does a bounce. He just sort of lands on the ropes yeah. for like a second, stays say, there for ages, and then what was I doing that? I missed this line salt. and then jumps backwards, doesn't rotate enough, and like it, literally lands on oh, his neck. Hold on, Aaron. I'm pretty sure I had it open on Twitter, so I'll just tag you in the tweet in a sec. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I saw it. If not, I'll find it for you. It was, uh, anyway, yeah. it was like if, 2020, um, if 2020 was a line off. Yeah. Um, he just got no height on it. Nearly uh, landed on his head and nearly killed himself. Um, to, to add to like the kind of salt in the wounds of how bad that looked for Jericho, almost immediately after this, Hager hits a Vader bomb onto, um, onto I think it was MGF, or it could have been Ortiz. Um, one of them anyway. Um and then Sammy hits a swanton, and the height that he got on it was fucking insane. Like, before he'd even, like, fully rotated, he was, like, completely, like, about probably 10 feet above the fucking ring. Yeah. 
or sorry, ten feet above the turnbuckle, I should say. Um, it was insane. It really looked amazing. Um, Sammy then hits, uh, goes to hell on everybody. Um, gets Jericho with one. He hits uh, Santana with a super kick. He then he goes to hit MJF with one. Wardlow tries to interfere. He uses MJF to like kick Wardlow in the head, and then MJF rolls him up with a handful of tights to win. Um, in, in a finish that was in no way rushed because they were about to run out of TV time. Literally yeah. the second the bell went, they went off TV. Um, yeah. It was very, very, very quick. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. That I, they, they, this was an all right match. The story stuff was cool. But I think the thing that was really bittersweet for me was the fact that they were talking about who is the tag team of the Inner Circle. And they've got, in my opinion, one of the best tag teams in the world and proud and powerful. And they just sat there on the sidelines doing fuck all. But they have to, to further the story. And it makes, it makes yeah, sense from a, from a storyline perspective because it has to, Jericho and MJF have to be pushed forward so that they can fall apart. But they haven't, they haven't even, um, they haven't even like had matches or anything like that, have they? No, but that's the thing. They like they cheated to win. Like um, the roll-up had the tights, so proud and powerful didn't get the pin. They didn't get they didn't get pinned. They got cheated out of the win. They yeah. have the they can have the grievances now. I mean, it's gonna suck for like the next eight months where they're not gonna get used. But then when they do break away from the inner circle and go on that mad face run, it's gonna be brilliant. So just wait until that happens. Yeah. Um. I know. I. I mean, my my enthusiasm for a, an, another Chris Jericho thrown together tag team is is fairly low, but it needs. This needs to be the point: is that Chris Jericho is just trying to like leech off these younger, better guys to keep himself at the top. That's. I think that's the angle they're sort of playing at the moment. Yeah, and he's yeah. gonna and MGF, MGF is gonna turn it on him and expose him and like boot him out basically, isn't he? That's that's the way it's it looking like it's 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 sort of heading. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. Um, as I say, it was it was a lit. I was a little bit deflated after that, uh, but I I I did understand like obviously storyline wise, that's where they need to go. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. It's like it's um, like, with, it's like with, so this was this was a, a dynamite top and tailed by like decisions I didn't necessarily agree with, but I think unnecessary in order to further storylines. And good storytelling yeah. isn't always about getting what you want. It's about creating a, a narrative that makes sense and drives the story forward. And that's kind of what they had to do tonight on Dynamite for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was what I thought was a pretty good... Like, as I say, it, was, it wasn't amazing. It was a solid episode of Dynamite, though. It's um, lovely, isn't it? I mean, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make the WWE characters. I, I've, I've watched, I've watched a lot of shit wrestling in my life. Uh, I was an Impact fan for, or TNA fan for a long time. Um, it's so nice to have a promotion that even when they're not going balls to the wall, firing on all cylinders, it's still like a six, seven out of ten, pleasant watch. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, it, at, the, at, the, at the very worst, it's a pleasant way to spend two hours on a first watching it. So, yeah, that's it. Um, and like for for myself, like I I obviously do pretty much everything we do on the podcast, like as far as like watching shows. So like, I, it's nice for me that after the absolute shit show that is Monday for Raw, 
I get once we've done the review of it on a Wednesday, I get to then kind of de-stress and watch AW and NXT. NXT, and for the most part, they don't let me down. Uh, Wednesday night, for um, example, Team Wednesday is. Uh, I mean, even you know, Thursday for NXT UK. Well, I mean, as well. I'm not here to tell anybody what they can and can't enjoy, um, but it's good to see uh. that. It's good. It's good to see that you know <laughs> wrestling. It's good to see that wrestling on several nights of the week. Uh, yeah, I'd say Wednesday onwards is is by the, from what I hear and what I see. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, seems to be three solid days of, of top entertainment wrestling. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, there's too too much tribalism in wrestling as well. We need to get rid of that. Yeah, um, just like what you like. I I personally don't like Raw, but it's like two million people who watch it weekly who obviously must do. Surely, they can't all be doing podcasts like us. Um, mm-hmm. You'd think, <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, highs and lows, guys. Um, Aaron, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give my high right. We'll, we'll go to low first because, yeah, uh, aye. Uh, where was I again? Jesus Christ, Aaron, come on, play the game. You should have fucking had this ready. Um, Seidel and Top Flight versus Hardy Party because... you high or low? No, my low, because okay. it, it was a lot slower than I think it was going to be. I thought it would be. That's, I just, I got a bit bored especially with the people in the match I think it's almost Obviously, like it's almost like private party working slower to get the heat yeah and the positive effect actually worked that, that it actually worked <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah I, th- um, I think um I, I think for for that one thing I will say which I I didn't say was uh like Matt Hardy did kind of slow the action down a lot when he did come in yeah, and it's just not hard I mean, to affect on. And that's on a show just... where we didn't have Young Bucks super fun fast whizzy time match, that was the match we were, yeah. everyone was probably pinning the the high yeah. action, the, the high tempo hopes on, and it didn't really do that. Yeah. I'm gonna put the high on the main event. Yes, the music was shocking, uh, but the storytelling was amazing. Proud and powerful, showing how good they actually are, even though we all sleep on them all the time. Sammy being star of the match, which if you didn't like him for some reason, why? Because he's always been that good. Um, just a couple, a lot of spots of the storytelling and things as well that we've already spoke about. Just very good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, I'm going to go top and tail. So my low is going to be the main event, just because it's uh, not not from not. I mean, I respect with with respect yeah. to Sammy Guevara yeah. uh, because yeah. he bumped his dick off for this match for our sins. Um, it's just it's just uh, it was just a hard watch seeing Jericho. Like I, I, I made a joke about it in our Facebook chat that he looked gassed after two minutes, and I don't know if he's still <laughs> suffering a bit with his with his COVID or if he's. If he's just out of shape, or well, he said he didn't have any off. symptoms. Well, his symptoms was not being able to do a line salt anymore. So, yeah, um, it was just it was just well, not yeah. great to see a man who was previously so fantastic in the ring literally almost kill himself doing one of his future moves. Um, yeah, so that's sort of it. Sort of it was a bit of a painful watch for me that on a personal level. Um, again, I, 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 I agree with everything Aaron said. The storytelling was fantastic. The it was just in terms of. An AW, which is a, a um, 
company that built itself on its in-ring action. I thought that was the bit of the match that let itself down. He, he, must, he must be feeling something wrong with him because he retweeted a thing of mine and I yeah. said that his boat clearly has, was the wrong he, he, thing. He clearly has <laughs> some sort of damage to his mental capacity. I, call, I called his boat the wrong thing and he still retweeted it. Uh, <laughs> the rock and roll rage. <laughs> so he, he can't even, he's, 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 he's so obviously concussed that he can't even fact check your tweets. <laughs> yeah. And and he forgotten that he'd retweeted it and went back and liked it six hours later. Six hours later. <laughs> so when when Jericho's agreeing with um, Aaron, you know you know he's fucked up. <laughs> um, and for my for my uh, higher than ice, I'm having the opening match because I thought it was really good. It was really good, fun in ring action. It was you know a really entertaining segment, and it was like the Dark Order becoming the the sort of emotional heart of AEW, and I'm all for it. And Hangman, yeah. Hangman gave me like legitimate emotional feelings, <laughs> which if again, if you just told me a year ago that I would care about Hangman Adam Page, then yeah, it's it's weird with Hangman, isn't it? Because it's almost as if they expected everybody to already just kind of like hitch the wagon to him as soon and like have him as the first world champ, and we all expected it, and then he didn't win it. I was like, well, why should we care? But then they but they dropped, now, they dropped him so hard. Not like not like in a per, like on a, on in a, on on screen capacity, he went he fell so fast and so deep that he became like a sympathetic crowd favorite. Mm. Just by just by when persevering. They to, when they were trying to build him up as a bait, uh, heel, sorry. Yeah, but then he, and then he just got himself over, and he's a huge face now. And it, and when the crowds come back and he beats Kenny eventually for the title, it's gonna pop off like a motherfucker, and it's gonna be brilliant. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I think my low is the Sting and Derby segments. I just wasn't. We keep we keep saying it every week, like, oh yeah, they need to do something a bit different, and this was like, it, was this, this different it was... though? <laughs> I mean, he he literally hit him well, with the week. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. This was like different, but it wasn't because they've already done it. But it's just it was different because they haven't done it for a while. Um and yeah, it was just yeah. Like the fact that Ricky Starks didn't really get a word and hey that my high point was probably I'm probably a big tasty the dark order stuff. I was torn I was, it was funny actually, I was torn between the main event dark order stuff or the uh six man tag. Um but I think the dark order stuff just ends it just because I really enjoyed like as we spoke about, like quite in depth earlier in the podcast, I'm really enjoying the enjoying the journey that's taking me on with this, and I am invested in it, and I I want to see what happens on BTE. I want to see what happens on Dynamite. I'm I'm even considering watching Dark to see if they do stuff on there. Um, which Dark I would watch. It's just a fucking no time to watch it because it's usually three hours. Um. But yeah, I, I, again, I think it's like probably the strongest thing they're building up at the moment because they are just like so naturally over. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that. Um, right, that was 
that's our AW review on you guys. Uh, before we go, where can I get some beer, please, Big Tasty? Uh, you can get yourself, I, I, I checked today, I actually double-checked, our website is back up and running, you can go to topperbrewing.com and order some beer direct from us. Uh, it's a bit slim pickings at the moment, we do have some new beer on the way, it's being brewed imminently, uh, so we will have some, some new stuff up before too long a piece of time in February I'd imagine um, so yeah keep an eye out for that keep an eye out on our socials Topper Brewing on everything time for Revolution uh, yeah if you want to get some big just have Revolution we should be able to do you for that um, we're not going to quite make it for the Rumble but we'll, we'll be we're, the idea is to be putting out some special shit around the time of Mania and stuff so that's always our like, sort of big big time at the brewery so we'll have some good, good some goods for you there excellent and um, if I want to get something for my beard where should I go can you remember? I believe you go to thatchface.com and it is .com because that's what Troy said last week. Uh, so you go to <laughs> thatchface.com. Uh, they're a really cool um, company. They make beard oils. Um, do they do like a mustache wax? They do combs, brushes and all sorts. Like yeah. everything you need for your, for your facial hair. Sort of, I use I use a beard oil. I use a beard wax, like a sort of paste. But, um, it's really good good stuff. It keeps my beard shiny. I've got a big long one as you can probably see um they're really cool charity they can't see it's an audio podcast well, no you guys can see it that's all like I, your 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 um your justification is all i need um a really cool company a lot of, a lot of their pro- proceeds go to charity um yeah it's really super cool you can use the discount code troy xl 85 you get 20 percent off i believe which is a lot of percents no, i mean i'm no expert but it's a lot of percents <laughs> That is. Um, That's not Scott Steiner, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you, you might get even more if you throw Kurt Angle into the occasion. Yeah, he, he, he knows he can't beat me. So he, he, he knows he can't. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't even going to try. Um, <laughs> if you use the, well, I can say, Jay, if you use the code TroyXL85, your chance of discount drastic goes up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, Aaron, where can people find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube? Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast and Twitch and Twitter at Untitled Dress Pod. The the reason I do that, if you listen to the NXT one, um, Aaron had a bit of a hard time remembering everything, didn't he? Everything's so similar, but just a bit different. Oh no, I had I had to literally run him through one by one because he forgot what he was doing. Um, My brain just melted. He, he just forgot everything. It was fucking incredible. Um, he's too busy thinking about making people rage quit on Uno in a minute. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, that guys, that's been uh, us. We will see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bad promo time from Road Warrior Hawk this time. There's been a lot. Yeah, there's been a lot of reporters flapping their yaps about us getting soft. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's one part of our bodies that's soft, and it ain't soft all the time if you catch my meaning, Ric Flair. You're going to find out what hard is all about, because, Cappy, it's going to be a hard night all night long. What's <sighs> the soft bit, the puppets? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Paul Ellery? <laughs> Bye, everyone.